0: Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh brother Samir thank you for making the time to join me today on my podcast the goal of this podcast is to inshallah uh, stop telling my own stories people are tired of that and to bring in some some new perspectives some new stories so i've reached out to professionals such as yourself to come on the podcast and you know talk about your story your success and hopefully my audience which is primarily college kids and early professionals can can learn something right they can replicate your success to the best that they can and likewise more importantly they can avoid any failures so any any career mistakes you made you know just put it out there and hopefully help people avoid uh you know any any pitfalls in their career because it's a tough time for everyone so having people like you set aside the time is appreciated and it's very important to the community so without further ado inshallah i'd love for you to take the mic and introduce yourself to the audience
1: uh, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, honestly, I've been thinking about doing or starting a podcast or even being on one for the longest. This is really like fulfilling one of my shower dreams. Like I'll be in the shower talking to myself, asking myself questions. So um, this is just a great opportunity uh, for me. Um, so like a quick brief about myself uh, for the audience. Um, I actually know Muhammad from way, way back. Um... From from we actually did hips together um, in New Jersey and in Dallas slum. Uh, but even before that, our parents uh, they they used to work together, so we knew each other from from uh, our parents' jobs as well. Um, so yeah, I, I grew up, born and raised in New Jersey. Uh, went to school my whole life there, and then um, about two years after college, I have I had moved out to Dallas. Um, so I now live by myself. Uh, I work from home, my office is in Dallas, I don't, I still work remote, um, but yeah, that's a little bit about me, um, I think, I think we can move forward with the next question and then get things rolling. All right,
0: and so thank you for the slam, for that, that high-level overview of your history, and he is, he is correct, we actually, we go all the way back to, like, childhood in, in our community in, in uh, Burton County, like, People would be having dawahs, and I would just see him and our <laughs> other friends. Just like we'd be running around, just so yeah. Half our
1: friends were my cousins.
0: <laughs> half our friends, yeah, yeah. Your family is is huge, and um, you know it's funny you mentioned hips. Like yeah, we, we we did hips together, and hips is memorizing the Quran is something I don't mention a lot, and I yeah. I sometimes forget to put it out there that yeah, I am half Quran, and and we yeah. finished that Nidal islam So shout out to that. To that hip school, I forget if they're still active. I don't. I don't keep up to I date. I think they
1: are, but they have like different teachers and people handling it differently now. That's no. why
0: if it was the same teacher, like I would definitely remember. You know what I mean? I'd be yeah, like, oh yeah, that yeah. guy's still there. Yeah. And uh, shout out, honestly, shout out to Hafiz Dean if he sees honestly, this. Honestly, was... man,
1: I, I feel like, I mean, you know, like like our childhood was a little different than what people go through now. But yeah. um, I think I wouldn't be who I am today without at least some of the fear and
0: and and whatnot he instilled within us right oh man yo for real for real but if he ever sees this alhamdulillah man we you have two students here going on camera telling the world that we appreciate your teaching we appreciate your (sighs) um your way way of teaching us which was (laughs) tough love right tough love so um so inshallah samir it sounds like alhamdulillah you you grew up in jersey you went to college in jersey and after college you know you found some success in and and you moved out so um let me ask you something what what did you do like what did you do during college that is related to your career today like did you do any internships any part-time jobs during college
1: okay um so during college uh and, and I'll get into this um, when I have to, like, kind of, uh, I, I think, talk about, like, what I would recommend for current students in college studying IT. But I actually missed out on the opportunity. And um, honestly, it was just a lack within me for not fully taking advantage of the resources provided by my college to get an internship or so, some sort of apprenticeship much earlier. Yeah. Um, but what I did do um, and kind of, uh, I, I would say, all CS students, um... At least at the college that I I attended, I'm not sure at other colleges, they have to actually do uh, a senior project, right? Um, so I got lucky the year I was doing it, where my senior project was sponsored by um, actual companies, right? That would come to to Rutgers, and um, they would say, okay, here we have this little uh, little project, or like some sort of prototype, or, or or you know we're trying to try to launch this and and maybe get like a little demo phase going so we can start off with students. Obviously, like for them, it's a win-win. They're you know they're yeah, one they're able to advertise um, themselves at this college and two it's you know they're getting some work done for free um so i got lucky i got to work with a company called chubbs insurance this group um so that was part of my senior project and then my final semester i actually got an internship um I, I was offered an internship from a brother who was local to my community that actually had his own startup that was you know flourishing um, I, I wouldn't even want to say it's a startup. I mean, he had the company for like eight, nine years before I even joined in, um, and he was partnered with IBM. So um, that was going well. Uh, that actually landed me my first full-time job. I worked with him as an intern for a couple of months, um, and and honestly, I was I was very happy because I started off that internship with like four different individuals, and by the end of it, like I was the only one left, and then I was offered a full-time job. Um, so. That, that was great for me uh, to be able to like get an internship that also offers me a full time.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's the goal of internships is that it's not really meant to just be the short-term engagement. Mm-hmm. And ideally, you do want a resolution where you're hired, but then realistically, you also know that, yeah, if they bring on five interns, that doesn't mean they have five empty jobs. It means they have four, yeah. three, two, like there is a pyramid. It's the Hunger Games and all right, Correct. Correct. Right? Correct. They are limited in
1: scope, but... But nonetheless, that obviously should never discourage you. I mean, uh, from, from, you know, trying to get an internship, obviously, one, because you are are still in college. So you don't need to be in your third year. Like, I need a full time because this one guy got offered a full time by the end of his third year. I mean, like, you're still super young in college by your third year, right? So you have time. Um, And then why I think internships are important is because um, in, like, the tech field specifically, right, Um, at least from what I know because I'm not – to indulge in other fields, but what you learn at school versus what you do practically at work is is completely different, right? So I feel at least me, like my first three and a half, four years at college, I'm kind of like, okay, I know how to code this, I understand code, but like, when am I going to use it? How is this implemented, right? Like, uh, uh, like how do the company, like a day to day lifestyle of, of, of a working class um, IT professional, right? Like what does that consist of? So I feel like having the internship kind of opens your eyes so that when you start learning, you're able to understand like, okay, like I can maybe understand why I'm learning this, or I can maybe understand why I'm learning that, right? Because a lot of times for me in school, i would be like, I mean, I get it, I'm learning it, but I really have no idea why I'm learning this, right? Like we would do like discrete mathematics and like would have like random logics in it. And I'm like, I don't even see how this could make sense for anything, but it's like you know at times you'll start working and then you'll come across some an issue and then like maybe just the way it's explained uses like terminology from that specific class um, or like they'll probably they'll probably just bring up like little little things right where you're like oh man like at the time I, I would have thought this was was not important so again, like I said, internship has many benefits when you're obviously, I mean, if it's paid, great. If it's not, I mean, you still get experience. Um, you get to see, have a little insight of what the day-to-day life is like. And I feel like with that comes not only the confidence of like being ready to to jump into this full-time once you graduate, but also within school, like I just mentioned, you get the ability to be like, okay, like, I understand why I'm learning this or hey these things start to make sense to me more in a practical manner rather than just like ABCD I'm just memorizing letters right yeah. so
0: and you touched on a couple of things that, that I really appreciate which is um, being confident in yourself and being confident with the work right being exposed right. to work early on and I think I love internships because you know why it's I don't want to say it's a low-stakes situation but the you're learning more and the confidence you get like that's actually a better trade-off like even if you lose the internship like that's inconsequential like what you learn is worth more it's not even even relationship versus in the real world you get a lot of money you have a lot of work you get medium money have medium work Mm -hmm. but it's it's even internships are the only situation where like you can learn up to here and at the end of the day you're the only thing that can happen is you 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 lose the internship that's it yeah yeah so they're great. they're great to take advantage of. Um, one, one warning though I do want to give people is that I see people who get internships and they're not prioritizing learning, personal growth, confidence, soft skills, communicating, presenting, stuff like that. Their mentality is I'm going to get this internship, I'm going to be the best intern and I'm going to learn how to be the best at this particular job. Yeah. The problem is when you have that mindset that you're like I have a specific job in mind and I want to end up there and you don't end up there it actually shakes your confidence and you're actually almost worse off, I think, than you were before. So it's, yeah, it's good to be focused, but you don't want to be narrow focused, right?
1: Correct. Correct. Correct.
0: So, uh, let me, let me ask you, you know, um, so you went to Rutgers Newark, which is, uh, sorry. I I was saying, yeah, you went to Rutgers Newark, which is, you know, my, Mm -hmm. my alma mater and, I think you're the first Rutgers guy I've brought on here, which is which is nice. Really? That's uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, everyone else has been a lot of folks from from Dallas, from Florida. The only guy from Jersey I did recently, he's uh, he's becoming a dental student at Temple. He was mm-hmm. from Montclair, so I was like, oh my god, so yeah. close to Rutgers North, but just not yeah, there. Just not it. <laughs> so, um, yeah. tell me what you did in college. From um, you know, did you do any clubs? Did you do any? Um, you know any any research, which I I think in IT is probably not not a question that's relevant, but some people do. So did you do mm-hmm. any research? Or cl- did you do any extracurricular activities outside of, of your class?
1: Okay, um, outside of my classes, t- 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 to be honest, uh, I was only part of the computer science club. Um, that was really it, uh, and as I mentioned before, I should have done more. Um, let me actually give you a little background of where I went to college, uh, what I did in college, maybe that'll answer your question uh, as well as, uh, I guess for my extracurricular, what I did for job-wise during college days. Um, So I went to Rutgers Newark campus um, and I studied computer science. So I got my bachelor's in computer science uh, and a minor in mathematics, right? Which was kind of something they forced you to do uh, back then for computer science You had to get a minor. Uh, Mathematics was just easiest minor since Rutgers was requiring you to do like calculus one, two, three differential equations, a whole lot of math, right? So for me to get the, it was a no-brainer because I just had to take two extra classes rather than taking like six to eight classes for a minor, right? Um, The cool thing, though, when I went to Rutgers Newark was that they actually had a joint program with NJIT, which is the college right across the street from the Newark campus, right? Right. Um, And the reason they had that at the time was because the Newark campus, uh, their computer science department wasn't like fully developed. They were still bringing in like new professors, um, still kind of like building the structure of it, kind of getting certain classes in every semester. They were adding like one to two classes, um, which is why they just had a joint program because obviously NJIT, being an IT and engineering school, um, they were like really really well off with it. Um, And I even noticed that right, like doing classes at Rutgers versus going to NJIT, I would be like, wow, like these kids are much smarter than I am. Um, yeah, you know, like, unfortunately. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's the case. Yeah,
1: like, I feel like we were just kind of just learning to learn, but they were learning and being practical with it, right? Like, they were learning something, and they were like, okay, like, go home and, you know, try it out yourself. Like, they were a lot more hands-on with the coding um, than we were at Rutgers, but um so it so that was nice it was a nice little motivation to like let me and you know the rest of my Rutgers colleagues doing classes there to be like okay we gotta set that up because these guys are they seem like you know they're already working for some big company and they know what they're doing um so the so with with that joint program comes both Rutgers and and NJRT on your diploma right which is awesome like that's I I love showing that off right like because it's like there's Rutgers and NGIT. So I could put either or college on my resume.
0: And not just that, that also gives you access to double the alumni pool. I mean, if you go to a company Correct. with a Rutgers guy interviewing you, you're like, yo, I'm from Rutgers. Likewise, if you have a job interview with an NGIT guy, be like, you're not going to believe this. I am also <laughs> an NGIT guy. So that, that actually helps doubling your yeah. alumni pool. I mean, that's useful for your network. Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, and then for job-wise, uh, so I actually, um, I worked at Walgreens in my town locally, um, pretty much throughout college. By the time I had ended uh, college, I was a manager at the same Walgreens. Um, and then that was really my only job. And then boom, I got my internship. That kind of turned into the full-time and then it kept it moving. Um, aside from that, any other extracurricular um, to be honest, not really anything academic, which is something of a slight regret because I could have used the time a little more wisely. Um, but I was part of the computer science club at Rutgers, um, which was just a little fun way to interact with, with, with um, you know, other students within, within the computer science uh, department. And they would have like some little code whatnot. I mean, that was kind of fun, but I wouldn't say it was too educational. Um, it was really just kind of like... We were hosting things that students weren't a part of. It was just like people from outside coming and doing. Uh, So I feel like that would be something that uh, Rutgers would need to work on with their computer science club. I don't know how it is now, but I feel like it should be more interactive with people who are members of the club rather than members of the club trying to make it an interactive club for people outside um, and just continuously have events and whatnot. But yeah, that's a little bit about me.
0: Yeah, so if Rutgers is watching this, you have another victim no who <laughs> hates... I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs>
1: um,
0: yeah, you know, so you, you said a few interesting things. Um, one of them is the, the the merged departments, the federated departments, they call it. So like biology, for example, was combined with NGIT where, um, right. you know, you would have both, both schools in your diploma and then computer science was the other one. Um, I know recently that might stop because uh in the last few years um you know rutgers a few like five years ago recruited this great professor from like brooklyn or something um professor I, i'm gonna butcher his name like galthara Kahanda. oh yeah yeah,
1: Kahanda. yeah he, he's actually from tennessee not brooklyn Ten- no, no, so but he's, I think he's he was originally from tennessee or but he teaches he was teaching at a university in brooklyn yeah but, like he, him him and his family technically reside in, in tennessee
0: Gotcha. So yeah, yeah, I know they recruited him and I noticed um, from computer science students I spoke to that fewer classes, the the separation didn't happen, but I noticed more classes were like trying to basically happen at Rutgers. Um, So I thought that was interesting. But what I like about NJIT and you also touched on this is that um, NJIT does a good job of recruiting people with industry connections, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So what that means is, you know, Rutgers hires professors who have a PhD. That's like their thing, Right, right? right. Uh, NJT hires people with PhDs, but I've even seen adjuncts who had like master's degrees. What they care though, is that you have like a day job, you've worked with like IBM or you've worked with, yeah. for example, with engineering, they love having people who are like with the MTA or recently left the MTA or NJ transit, mm-hmm. like recent, right. recent stuff. Right. Yeah. Versus Rutgers. I, I'm sad to say this and I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not yeah. destroying the school. I'm still going back for my MBA this fall. So I'm, I'm still going back to Rutgers New York. Wow. <laughs> okay. Um, but, you know, you got people who they graduated college at 22 with a B.A. Then um, they stayed at Rutgers or something or some other school. They, they worked seven years and got their Ph.D. And they proved something about uh, fluid electronics or some nonsense. Um, mm-hmm. And then they start teaching, but they, like, didn't even go out into the real world. Like, literally, they got the Ph.D. and they start they go right back to teaching. And I'm like, dude, what do you have to teach the students? Like, you never worked in an office. You never yeah, worked for a Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, exactly like I would think about it the same way, right? Like if I'm learning something um, in one of my classes and then I have to go out and teach it to another person, like there's a certain way that you're going to convey the learning message, right? Rather than if I learned this, applied it in the real world and was like, okay, this is how things need to be done. And like, you know, then I teach it to them afterwards. Like I'm going to obviously take a different route to teach them and explain things to them. Um so yeah, that's that's uh that's a little advantage that NJIT has over over Rutgers. But yes, Kahanda, for those of you that are there now, um I know when he came in immediately was made head of computer science department. Yeah. And then like those those last two years I was there, like things were changing fast. Like every semester, new programs, uh new new classes, like you know, we had more like four hundred level courses. Um But it was really all him i don't know how it is now if they got more professors um back then i know we had professor Zhang, who honestly like she was a little strict but i i liked her she she taught really well she made sure that like if you're in my class you're gonna learn or you're gonna fail um which honestly is not the worst because it's like you know what in one way or the other she's kind of like really making you learn right which is what you go to school for and what you pay all this money for um and then i don't know if you remember this professor uh I'm, I'm forgetting her name, man, but there was this one professor at Rutgers that would come in and it would literally look like she was reading off a piece of paper, having no idea what she what it is that she's reading, convey her message. And like, anytime you ask a question, she would just kind of be like, oh, uh, yeah, maybe you should just Google it. And I would just be like, yo, who hired her? Like, I could go up there and do her job. <laughs> but, you know, hopefully it got much better um, in the years that I've I've left. There's definitely
0: been improvements. Like I know yeah. when I started, like I would get frustrated with like professors just reading off the PowerPoints and then bouncing. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, I could do that. But <laughs> exactly. it was about the culture. And I, I, do, I will say this about Professor Kahanda. I, I've noticed the same things you did. So I forget who ran the department before him. But the problem with CompSci is that um, I noticed computer science and mathematics were sort of like a single department. And yeah, so, so I was
1: just going to say that the computer science was ran by... Uh, again, I don't, I'm forgetting names, but he was a math professor. Math. And it was ran by him until yeah, Kahana. Yeah. came
0: Yeah, and I think that's sort of one of the things that led to some administrative uh, difficulties was like you had a mm-hmm. math guy trying to develop curriculum. Because I remember like looking at the computer science curriculum and I was like, discrete structures, okay, a lot of math mm-hmm. classes, okay. I was like, you know, they don't actually... Have you taken a whole lot of programming classes? Yeah, like, yeah, they
1: had. Yeah, and I mentioned that earlier, right? Which is why I ended up getting the the minor in mathematics because of all these classes that they make you take. But I had actually heard uh, the semester after I graduated that they no longer required uh, up to calculus three. Like it was calculus two, no calculus three, no differential equations. Which honestly, those two classes make a huge difference. Because for me, like after my second, after my like my sophomore year. Every semester, all I stressed about, no matter how many classes I had or what level of courses they were, I always stressed about the math classes. I was like, "Damn! Like, I gotta do calculus two and calculus three, the differential equations, linear algebra. Like, that to me was just like I panicked about that every semester."
0: Yeah. <clears throat> Damn, but you made it. You made it out, man. We, we, I made it out, made out it man.
1: Out. I had to. I had to. Couldn't waste all that money. <laughs>
0: And uh, by the way, so do, you went to Rutgers like, straight out of high school, right? Because I know some people go to community college first and then. Rutgers. No, I actually
1: went to community college, then went to Rutgers. Yeah, yeah. That so I went to you. community college for for a year, and then I went to Rutgers after.
0: That. You strike me as a Passaic County Community College guy. I've nah, something nah, about no, it your was look. Bergen.
1: It was Bergen, Bergen Community.
0: <laughs> Samira was like, "I went to the fancy one, sir. Like, don't, <laughs> don't insult me. I got the the monocle and the yeah, hat. Yeah. I went." No uh,
1: nah, man, that place is. I, I feel like community college is really like. And I don't want to say this because I went to community college, like it could really be you have to make make it what it is for yourself. Right. Like you could go there and end up wasting so much time and not really taking advantage. But you could also go there, save a lot of money, do what you need to and then like get out and keep it moving. Uh, So I feel like unlike some of the other schools where they kind of like push you in a direction to succeed, this is kind of there. They're like, okay, these are the resources. If you yourself want to come and like put in effort to continue moving forward, you can. But we're not really gonna do anything. So if you're setting yourself up for failure, we'll just watch you fail. Okay. Yeah. So.
0: But it doesn't I'm just really change our, grind in me it doesn't change at Rutgers though right and I'm not trying yeah. to insult the school but I'll tell you if you're if you're failing <laughs> Rutgers would just be like hey if you need another semester to, to do your thing right? you're yeah. getting just pay us for another semester it's all good yeah I mean <laughs> that's end
1: of the day right like it is somewhat of a business right um and they're making a lot of money out of it man like our, each class at Rutgers is upwards of a thousand dollars right yeah, so yeah yeah but i wouldn't actually stay another semester
0: Dude, believe it or not, there was a time Rutgers tuition, like I think like 15 years ago, was like 3500 or 4000 per semester. And I know in the recent years, it, it was up to like 9500 So every year, they were giving themselves like a $500 raise.
1: Yeah, yeah. And they're going to continue to do that. I mean, New Jersey is a very highly populated uh, uh, state, right? Yeah. And Rutgers is also one of the best colleges in New Jersey. I mean, it's like top three, um, right under Princeton and NJIT. Or well, I think Princeton, Stevens, and G.I.T. then Rutgers. That's how it goes. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so it's it's a no-brainer. They're going to continue to raise the prices. I mean, like, by the time our kids are in, are in college and we send them to Rutgers, it's going to be, like, $25,000 a semester. Oh,
0: my God. Yo, shoot. The, you're not even playing. I'm very certain that's, like...
1: That's yeah, no, I'm just, like, right now... So when I was there, it was, like, 775 a semester. I think now it's 95 So, like... At that rate, they're definitely going to be at, like, nine, 18, 19 at least by the time, like, you know, 20 years from now. They're going to be at that price for sure.
0: Yeah, that just boggles the mind.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, let me ask you something. Um, After you graduated, right? So you got your mm-hmm. degree. You're done with the nightmare that is RU Screw and Rutgers and all the <laughs> lack of parking, high parking mm-hmm. passes. Oh, man. Um. You know what happens next? Like, did you get a job locally? Did you? Because you mentioned that internship where you, you mm-hmm. got a job offer. Did you stay local? Did you? Did you go to Texas right away? What does that look like?
1: Right. So um, I graduated twenty twenty. Right, the year of the pandemic. So when I midway through my final semester, everything went uh, remote. Right, everyone was on lockdown, um, and I got my internship offered to me one week prior to that. Um, it was supposed to be in office and yes, it was local, right? As I mentioned earlier, it was a brother that had, um, his own company that was partnered with IBM. Um, and he was, you know, well established, had great connections with different companies. I mean, he had some really, we had Showtime as a client. Um, we had the Barclay Center, uh, as a client. So we had some, some decently big clients that, that we did work for. Um, so that was uh, so that was supposed to be in person. I got offered the internship. Boom, a week later, um, COVID hits, and so like now my classes as well as my my internship are all remote. Um, honestly, remote sucks. I just want to mention that, especially when you're first starting off, just because like I feel like like I was delayed for years to get that experience of being able to go in office in person um obviously the way you communicate with your team members um the way you carry yourself even throughout the day right like when i'm at home it's it's me and my zone my area right yeah so if i want to get up i want to come wear pjs wear boxers right like whatever i want to wear while i work i agree i agree (laughs) right which is again i'm not complaining i love it i don't have to leave my house to work and make money but i feel like in this Um, in this field, it would have been nice to kind of have, you know, a little bit of that, uh, cause it's not going to be remote forever. I'm sure one day I'm gonna have to go back into office and, and keep it moving that way. But the reason that sucks is just because like I graduated three years ago, man. And I don't have that experience at all. Like I've never, like, even the times I've been into the office, it was literally just me going in working by myself. Like the office was empty.
0: And you're gonna um, you're gonna have some learning curve when it comes to office politics uh-huh, and socializing because uh-huh, uh-huh. it's its own it's its own psychology. I, I swear, Correct. I swear.
1: Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It kind of sucks that like I wasn't able to at least experience that a little bit right outside of college. Um, but you know, alhamdulillah, like I can't complain. Like, I got offered that internship from uh, again a brother locally who had his own company. I uh, worked as a Cognos developer. For those of you that are unaware, that's a Power BI tool. Um, Worked there for about a year and a half, um, and then honestly, I, I actually quit that job just because like I wasn't seeing myself doing this for a long time. I wasn't really enjoying what I was doing on a day to day. I was just like this. This wasn't really just it wasn't built for me. Although it was easy, I was just like, yo, like I don't want to see myself doing this forever. So I quit that job. Um, and then from there, I kind of had like a series of a run, right? Uh, I joined CVS slash Aetna as a, a business analyst. So I did that for a couple of months. From there, I um, ended up going to this uh, the state of Virginia. So it was like a government agency where I worked for wow. It's called independent living. Um, they had basically like the state of Virginia had this program where it was like a, a state aid for the disabled, specifically those who were blind and mute, a uh, blind mute and deaf. So I worked on that as a contractor for a project for a couple of months, um, and then from there I shifted over to ADP. Um, I'm not sure if you heard of they're, they're, them. They're the I have PM/HR. heard of HR.
0: I have heard of ADP, and let me tell you, when it comes to payroll, I know that's their thing, but they can kind mm-hmm. of be a headache. It's a hit or miss sometimes.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean. I don't really know how it works. I don't really work in their in their payroll department. But um, the company is great. I mean, you know, like, I enjoy it, especially for a full-time. Um, and then with things being remote, um, I don't know. You know, I won't even mention this on, on camera um, while we're recording. Maybe I'll tell you a bit later. But with things being remote, you know, like, it's a lot easier for you to indulge in more than one um, activity at a time, right? Yeah.
0: No, that's the great thing about working remote. You're on like, by the way. Now, I was going to say, I mean, that's one thing I enjoy by being remote is that, like, my personal hobbies that weren't accessible before, like, now they're a lot more accessible because I'm saving mm-hmm. the time with commuting. Of and course. that's what I like about you is that, like, instead of having to drive an hour to come home and then play basketball or something, like, you were mentioning earlier that you're able to do a couple of different hobbies at the same time,
1: entertain mm-hmm. different
0: hobbies, and, and that's great. Correct. right,
1: right. Uh, but then again, right, with the whole thing comes, like, that self-discipline. You don't want to just be at home and be like, oh, I'm at home. Like, I'll do whatever I want from morning to noon, and, and that's it. Like, so you definitely need that self-discipline. Because, n- again, like, you know, like, there's so many distractions right around you. Like, your TV, your bed, like, everything is right there. And you have no one watching you. So definitely need that self-discipline within yourself to make sure that you're on the right track.
0: hundred percent, and I'm in a couple of different professional groups uh, on LinkedIn, on WhatsApp, on Slack. And uh, something that really just makes me sad is a lot of folks right out of college saying, hey, I want a remote job and this, this, and this. And, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with the office. There's nothing wrong with hybrid. I think you need some water cooler experience. I think you need to kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, pick up some nuances of human psychology because I think people forget like college, the college socializing, different from work socializing relationship with your professor who you're paying money to but is still an authority figure that doesn't translate to your boss because you're not paying your boss your boss to train your teacher your boss is paying you Mm -hmm. so it's different relationships and you only really learn that in the office so and, and 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 i
1: feel like the learning curve of being in the office is like it's much quicker right because like for example something i experienced was Uh, At times, when I would get stuck on something, right? Especially when I first started, I was getting stuck daily, multiple times. Like, I would have to reach out to someone and be like, hey, like, I kind of need, you know, I I need some guidance. So, one thing I would notice a lot in the beginning was a lot of people would be a little late to respond, right? Rather than me being in an office, I could just turn around and be like, hey, like, you know, can you help me out? Can you take a look at this with me for a second? Um, so, So, yeah, like, I think it would be great to start off in an office and then maybe shift to remote yeah. rather than go from remote to in-office.
0: 100%. 100%. You mm-hmm. hit the nail on the head. I miss being able to like just basically walk two minutes yes. to some other guy's cubicle and be like, hey, I pinged you. I see you didn't respond. Maybe you're distracted or something else is going on, but I need help with this now. Yeah. All right? So that's that's something that I do miss about the office. I don't miss the commute. And I think that's what got people... I think people didn't mind the office so much. I think people minded getting to and from the office. Yeah.
1: Spending the time. I think it's just that time. And like, especially people who were traveling to, to offices where they ran into traffic. Right. Yeah. Um, that definitely sucks. I mean, that's a huge frustration and a little bit of stress. You take off your mind every day. Yeah.
0: Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, what was the job process like? Like when you were looking for, for jobs, um, What was the process like? Like, how did you know where to look? How did you know what to do?
1: So, uh, me personally, and I think this would be, like, uh, kind of a good advice for for those uh, looking to seek jobs um, post-college and obviously, like, within their final year. Um, So, again, I went to Rutgers and NJIT. Both schools have great connections with a ton of companies and, honestly, great resources, right? Uh, they both have like resources for career building um, which help you from building your resume to kind of have like you know i remember once they had like a, a career day but it was not like a career day where they had other companies they just had people who would kind of help you build your resume take a look at your resume uh give you prompts to kind of just go through and practice um how to answer um and and that was very very helpful because like in a way that gives you a little bit of confidence where it's like, okay, like, this is kind of the direction I have to be in for me to, to be able to, you know, properly um, get through the process. Um, that as well as, like I said, great resources, Rutgers and NJIT, they had um, on their career, fa- or, or I think it was what, career day or fair day or something, Yeah. Um, job fair day, where they had like a ton of different companies come in, right? So for me, initially, what I did is my whole uh, senior year, I was just going to a bunch of these different affairs, handing out my resumes, telling them a little about myself, what I know, what I'm interested in, uh, kind of trying to build a little bit of network. That um, work, did work out for a couple of people I know. It just didn't work out for me. Um, but then there's also, I think, a really, really, really powerful tool is LinkedIn, right? And I'm not too sure if it's, it's too powerful for people coming right out of college, although it may be. Um, but LinkedIn is definitely a powerful tool for you to like try to get jobs, build your network, um and then what else did I have? Handshake. I'm not sure if you're aware of handshake. We had a handshake at Rutgers. Yeah, but I think I think, remember, I think yeah. to try to get a job is like with colleges, like you should really try to use the resources that the college has, right? Um so if you're using the resources properly, then you're definitely taking a lot more advantage of what the school has to offer rather than just the classes. Um which is again something I wish I had done more rather than just go to Rutgers for the class. I wish I had taken a lot more. Um, advantage of all the resources that they provided for like your growth within your career uh, post-college
0: and I want to I want to echo what Samir has said and this is very important everyone your colleges have a lot of resources that is paid for by your tuition people Mm -hmm. are shy about doing it maybe because there's a scheduling aspect it's not always walk in but uh, they have an office to help you with the resume take advantage of it they have job fairs where they're doing the easy work for you Instead of you approaching a bunch of companies and setting aside that time, they will have career fairs. And and Rutgers does it in spring and fall. Uh, I think the fall one might be the bigger one. But, like, take advantage. These things are free. You have to register, of course, but these things are free. Your resume will be free. They'll coach you on how to freaking um, work on a LinkedIn. And Mm -hmm. I will say this, LinkedIn is important because having an online presence is huge. If I Google someone, I'm thinking about hiring and nothing shows up, I'm gonna be like, yo, why is this person a ghost? Yeah. Right?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: so um, use the resources of your college. Now I, we went to Rutgers, public school. I don't know if it's the same for private universities. They might not offer these things. They might not have to. But the the office of uh, like career services or whatever it, for us, I think it was in like Hill Hall or something. They'll mm-hmm. help you with the resume. They'll help you with, like, the job fair, getting signed up for the job fair, making sure, you know, mm-hmm. you, you got to suit up and everything. And of then you, you go around, you give your resume to a bunch of companies. And oftentimes, people leave with, like, either a business card for someone to keep in touch mm-hmm. or they leave with an internship or a job offer. Um, And it's everyone. A Fortune 500 companies are coming here. Pharma yeah. companies, are, like BMS or Johnson & Johnson show up at these job fairs. And that's Rutgers, yeah. Newark. Uh, Rutgers of Brunswick, I'm told, is... Even crazier. I heard like
1: Facebook, Google, and these like you know top five show up there, the big five. Like I heard they pull it up at Rutgers, New Brunswick.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I I have heard the same thing that uh Rutgers, New Brunswick crowd have been uh have been blessed, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we we like to say that you know people ask if Rutgers Newark is a second you know second class citizen, and I'm just like not particular, not in every regard. You know, it's not mm. that we have, we're all taking classes in like a tent. Like, they put a lot yeah. of work into the library. They put a lot of work into the business school. They put a lot of for work sure, into the law sure. school. So, like, they do put money. But then, yeah, you hear stories about this where, like, Google shows up there. And you're just like, dang, what are we doing wrong? Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. these resources are, you know, the the job fairs, the academic services, please, please, please take advantage. I'm seeing yeah. way too many people in my professional groups paying people to work on their resume, to uh, help them with interview skills. You'd be surprised. Yeah. Uh, the, the office at Rutgers would tell you, like, hey – dress up nicely, have eye contact, send a thank you mm. after. Um, I mean, sometimes I think the advice was old, old school. Like, they would be like, send a gift basket after. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not, uh, <laughs> I'm not hitting up edible mm. arrangements for, like, <laughs> office <laughs> assistant, chill. Like, no. Yeah,
1: yeah, maybe in some crazy position, you know, but definitely not at the level that I'm trying to be at right now.
0: Yeah. So let me ask you something. I mean, you, you were working here. You had employment here, good employment here. Uh, what got you from... The, the green garden pastures of New Jersey to the desert that is Texas.
1: Believe it or not, man, it's greener out here. So much more green land, <laughs> purer air. Like everyone I know that comes out here, and then goes back to Jersey is like, yo, like the air here is different. Um,
0: oh, this man is a this man is being flagrant right now. He is <laughs> he is a menace, hostile witness. Greener than the Garden State. <laughs> Now, I believe him. I've been to Dallas. I've done business in Dallas. It uh, yeah. It's a, lo- a lot better, especially the roads. I hate to say it. Roads are cleaner and nicer. Yeah. No bottles. And bigger.
1: Um, yeah. But really what it was, man, um, I'm just kind of like, for me, um, I'm just moving into a different phase of life, right? It's no more like college, young era. Like, life is moving really, really fast, right? Yeah. Like, I'm already 25 almost, and like, for I know it, I'm going to be like closer to my freshman year at college is marriage and kids, right? More than like, uh, inshallah. inshallah. But uh, basically, I've, I've had a couple of family members here, visited a ton throughout the college years. Um, and I just really always like the environment that they have set up here. Um, and I'll get a little into detail with that, right? So the environment, uh, what I mean is like the social environment, whether that be within the masjids, whether that be just out and about, right? Like there's so many things that the community Um, has going for its people, and a lot of the people are actually involved and indulged um, within these community activities. So it's like a great way for like, you to just have that little motivation, you know, everyone is out and about doing something rather than just chilling at home and being about, you know, just some BS, right, which I felt was a lot of what was going on on the East Coast. Um, And it's just like, it, it just seems like everyone here is on a better mindset um, a lot of the people here are very calm. You don't see no rowdy people at the stores. Like, you know, you're not run, running into any sort of like trouble. Um, and even with the messages, right? Like obviously eventually, like I'm going to have kids and want to raise my kids. And I think it's a great environment for them to be, you know, like the masjids here, man, I'm not sure if you're aware, but like Epic has like a robotics club, right? They have like a bunch of different things that aren't just like related to faith, right? Like. And, and I feel like that's a great way to pull in the crowd, right? Whether it be like you going to the masjid to be like, oh, hey, I'm going to go play basketball. Yeah. And, and you use basketball as an excuse where you end up praying Aisha Salah, right? And I feel like that's that's a great way for you to like slowly, slowly get involved within the masjid. Um, and then, like I said, the community itself has a ton of things going on. I just yesterday joined um, the recreational center, right? And it's super cheap. It's like $150 for the year. They have five centers within Plano City um they all have indoor pools outdoor pools like tennis courts uh racquetball courts basketball courts full-on gym indoor track outdoor track soccer field and it's like who wouldn't want to join that right like i'm not trying to pay 60 dollars at 24 hour fitness for half of that when i could pay 155 for the year right so like i said man, and then on top of everything it's a climate right like honestly like For me, when it's sunny and bright outside, I feel productive. I feel good. I don't like gloomy days. So being able to wake up at seven AM and have a sunny, bright morning, three hundred and fifty days out of the year is great. Like I feel like your productivity and your your just your happiness is just shooting up, you know, your serotonin levels are just different. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: I've heard I've heard a lot of your testimony before. People love the climate, the weather. (laughs) And, um, you know, as, as people who are going to be parents, they, they look at their houses of worship and they look at, uh, what is this going to do for my kid? I mean, I want mm-hmm. my kid to um, to grow up intellectually, but I also want them to grow up socially around other kids in a controlled environment. So I know Epic Masjid has a lot of programs. And unfortunately, yeah. I didn't see myself and we didn't see here in Bergen County at these masjids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and people also, the vibe is different. It's a lot more... Yeah community there like here people have an edge you know everyone has an agenda and people don't collaborate as much right like when i was in dallas and i was basically like hey everyone my name is muhammad i'm a cio um i do management consulting i have my own company i've worked with government fortune 500 companies startups um you know like people were listening to me they were taking my contact info and like we still keep in touch um you know like I, I i've had people refer me to like hospitals down there or weapons companies like rtx um and or even insurance companies like i think it was state farm or progressive i forget which one um mm-hmm. uh, but that's the great thing but here here in tunic or here in jersey dude like if you're looking to make moves or collaborate uh, people are like oh, i gotta think about it oh, i'm not yeah. sure yeah, they they won't even take like your, like I have a business card. People won't even take your business card because they go like, oh, I don't know if I'll need it. And um, yeah, we're a lot of insular here. We're very individualistic here. And in, in Dallas, um, you know, people collaborate. There, there's that synergy. Yeah. And there's that young energy. I mean, I, yeah. I feel like here, there's nobody doing startup stuff at the masjid. But at Epic, yeah. what I like is that Epic has the Epic suites. And if you have like a startup, you can talk to them about renting out like a space. Um, yeah. And I've seen, I've seen some amazing startups there, man. I saw this this startup called like Ruh. It's making some sort of meditation app. I thought that was beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like an Islamic meditation app. Because we've seen all the ones that uh, the Gora people have come out with, right? Sorry.
1: Um, yeah.
0: And, but that, and then there was also a fintech company, a halal fintech company called Fursa Capital. It had like a, a FINRA license, and SEC license. I was blown away by the wow. progress the, the brother had made. So I love it. because yeah.
1: and I feel like just being around that just kind of motivates you to, to be better, right? Um, and I, I don't know about other people, but I, I love just progressing and better than I was yesterday Yeah. Um, all the time. If I'm not progressing forward, I just feel like I'm falling behind.
0: Oh, 100%, 100%. Yeah. And you're in a good place to be. I think Dallas has set you up for success because also yeah, there's a, lot of, a lot of companies are down there. Like, forget about the people aspect for a yeah. moment even. Like, even if people were like New York, the fact that all the companies are there, like, New York does not have a lot of industry. It's like Wall Street, a couple of hospitals, and that's it, unfortunately. Yep,
1: yeah, yep. Yeah.
0: But Dallas has has everything. And I, when I was there, I was like, yo, every building has, like, a company name on it. Like, they are everywhere.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um and yo it's so cheap to live out here gas on average is a dollar cheaper than what it normally is up there um rent extremely cheap the apartment i have right now um what i pay for an apartment like this i was looking in new jersey right like around hackensack area where they're having new bills exact kind of like setup throughout the apartment is costing me almost 200 percent more it's literally almost double the price Right, And I'm like, with all the money I save every month, I could just travel the world, right? like it's it's not worth me paying all that money to be there. And even if I was gonna stay in New Jersey, I mean I wouldn't rent anything. I'd just move back in with my parents.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Now the cost of living is also a huge boon because I know the cost of living in Dallas is less, but to mm-hmm. my knowledge, because I've, I've interviewed with companies there, they the salary is actually still quite high.
1: Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm especially like within the professional fields right um obviously if you go to like you're showing up to walgreens or something their minimum wage is a lot lower than up up there but uh yeah and 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 the thing is there's no state tax here right so i noticed i was working at the same company uh back in new jersey as i am now um and i noticed when i changed my residence i i kind of i i gained four percent extra on my paycheck each paycheck so and that great. adds up
0: that adds up yeah that
1: starts to add up every, you know, every month like that's a that's a bill adding up you know that you get to save every month
0: i oh, know that's definitely excellent and and, and samir's being an accidental ambassador for dallas just like everyone i've talked to everyone has said it like everyone's always trying to get me down there and i'm always like look yeah. at the end of the day as long as it makes sense like if i line up some management it role i'm happy to mm-hmm. roll through
1: Yeah, yeah. I feel like, man, I try to tell a lot of people, man, like, just don't think about it, come down here, and then you'll understand. Because me too, like, me, I was like, yo, like, I've been there a bunch of times, I like it, but there's nothing to do. Like, And and honestly, I stick by that. Like, Friday comes around, I get super excited, and then I'm like, why am I excited? There's nothing to do. (laughs) Like, literally not. It's the same things you would do every other day. So that's that's, that's the only downside, but I feel like with all the other positives to it, it's worth it.
0: Oh, it's absolutely worth it. And let me ask you, you're remote right now, but your apartment, Mm -hmm. how far is it from like your your job site if you ever had to commute? 11
1: minutes. Uh, So I actually live right off the highway. To get onto the highway takes me 30 seconds. um, And my company is just all the way down 11 minutes right off the highway.
0: So the commute isn't bad oh that that sounds like a dream man i mean that's what you want you want to be close to work even if you're not you don't have to go and it's good that you you have that
1: Mm -hmm. even dallas city itself is about 25 minutes from where i am so 25 minutes really isn't that bad the only bad thing about dallas area is if you're driving if something is 25 minutes away you're driving 25 miles right so for those of you who lease that might suck because something might just seem like oh it's only 10 minutes away but it's not just 10 minutes away it's 10 miles away
0: so yeah and that's i guess that's how you
1: see life. it but yeah
0: but i like that in dallas there was like never any traffic like never every, no, every time i'm starting
1: it's starting a little bit because obviously it's getting heavily populated now but uh yeah but like unless it's literally rush hour lasts for about 30 minutes between like 5 to 5 30 and that's it or like 5 30 to 6.
0: gotcha gotcha so let me ask you something um Did Rutgers prepare you for like job interviews or anything like that? Or is that something you had to learn on your own?
1: Um, So like I said, man, there was resources, right? Uh, Me, I did take advantage of those resources, at least in my senior year where I was like going to all their career fairs or all their job fairs, uh, building my resume with them, kind of doing like these little prompt uh, interviews with them. Um, So yeah, they did prepare me, but again, it's on each individual to go and um, you know like put themselves out there and, and and try to take advantage of these resources, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that as well as I actually started to interview in my last year, not even my last semester. Mm-hmm. So that, although I didn't get any job with the interviewing I was doing in my final year, that really helped me kind of like again build the confidence, kind of understand like okay, this is what a job interview process is like. Um, and, and, you know, like, these are the questions. These are her questions will be formulated. This is how I I should be answering things. This is how I should present myself. Um, you know, like, afterwards, if it's, like, your first time interviewing and, and you're not fully prepared, right, they might come to you afterwards and, like, hey, do you have any questions for me? And then you might just be, like, oh, like, what is it that I should ask, right? But I feel like when you have, like, all these, like, when you're constantly interviewing and you're getting more experience, like, with each interview, whether it goes good or bad, it's it's just a learning process. so. Yeah. Even if it goes bad, I mean, you're learning something about it, like what went wrong? Where could I have improved on? So um, to answer your question, yes, but I had to go ahead and take advantage of those resources myself.
0: how many How many companies did you interview with before getting your like first career and uh, where do you think you went wrong? Like what lessons did you learn about yourself, your interview style? That maybe hey, I talked too much about this topic and not that topic. Maybe I didn't have good eye contact. Uh, maybe I was too energetic and I came off as manic, or I was too reserved and I came off like I don't care. You know what? What did you notice early on in your interview process that you corrected? That maybe other people are making the same mistake.
1: Um, I think with me, one thing I did was um, I would talk too fast. Right. I wouldn't take breaks. I would try to like jumble up all my thoughts and spit it out, um, which honestly, if I had like I, I feel like certain interviews could have went better if I just sat back for a second, thought about what they asked me and then answered. Right. Like thought about what answer would be and then answered, because I started to notice that, like, they really don't mind you taking a second to think about how to answer the question. Um, so I feel like that's one thing I should have done um i feel like as far as the eye contact goes i kind of had it on lock right um trying to see i I think i was pretty good off the rip and the reason i say that um is because obviously i had a lot of those like uh practice interviews that i did with Rutgers for like a whole semester right um and and really i didn't interview at that many companies uh for the amount of jobs i have right for my first company i interviewed at three places before i got the job after that i interviewed at two places um, and then the third I got my job and then my I, I work as a contractor as well right now at Blue Cross Blue Shield that was just a one interview and, and you know I landed the role um, but again I think it's because of all those years of just practice right like even if it be those practice interviews as well as just the fact that I had like a, a like six to seven different interviews I feel super confident in being able to talk right and especially like with the tech field it's You're selling yourself on a certain skill. So as long as you're confident in that skill, then really what it is is that soft skill of being able to speak, right? Um, Speak publicly, be able to just, you know, communicate properly.
0: You know, you definitely, you made a point that I agree with is uh, at the end of the day, um, you have a value, you have skill sets. But if you can't communicate those skill sets to the person interviewing you, who, you know, wants your skills for money, um, yeah. you're going to be left to your own devices. So that's the important thing is like you can know a lot, but if they don't know how much you know or how you can use it for them, like that's important.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and that's and to give an example. I know a lot of software developers who they tell companies, uh, oh, I built this in Java or I built this in, I don't know, Spark or Magento or this and that. And um, the problem is, it's like, well, ha, ha, have you built anything in a business environment that was revenue generating, or was it always a cost center? So it's nice sure. to talk about your hobbies. And obviously, early on, I think they'll just care that you can code. But yeah, you, yeah,
1: of course. But
0: you want to just frame it in such a way that, well, where could you take that? In our case, like you have a lot of hobbies, but could you build something for us that can make? Yeah, money? how will that benefit
1: us? Exactly.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Um. Let me see. Uh, Outside of work, like you, you've mentioned, uh, you know, being involved in like the mushes and stuff like that. Are there any? Does Does Dallas have any sort of YM or anything like that, or are there any you know soccer clubs that you're part of?
1: Yeah. So I don't know if they have a YM in specific. I'm sure they do, but. Each here has a ton going on for the community, right? So you'll you'll find a program going on almost every day of the week. Um, so I, I'll tell you about what I'm specifically involved in afterwards. But for example, like like Epic has like they had this kind of like um, uh, uh, a shooter drill, right? Like what would, what would happen if a shooter came into the majid, right? They had a drill for that for the kids. They have like, you know, like the CPR certified program. They have that. And then again, this is all paid by the masjid, right? That's just trying to get the, the community uh, involved. Um, and then, for example, they have something like Qalam Institute. I'm not sure if you heard of them, but they have programs uh, two to three days a week where they have like, uh, it's, it's a youth program where they just have someone come in and speak. And again, they don't jump too heavily on Islam, like, Should be praying five times a day, like this, like this, like this, right? Like I went to them two, three weeks ago, and all they were talking about was friendship and like why, you know, maintaining good friendship is important in Islam and and otherwise. Yeah. So they have a ton of programs. Something I do outside of work. um, I actually I joined. There's there's a ton of tennis clubs here. It's actually one a three minute walk away from my apartment. So I joined that. Try to play tennis in my free time. Just trying to stay active, right, especially being in an area where I don't really know too many people, right, I don't have too many friends, I also don't work, so I don't have any, I mean, not that I don't work, I don't work in person, so I don't really have any colleagues, right, where I could just hang out with after work. I try to keep myself um, involved by, you know, volunteering in these um, masjid events, masjid programs, try to go out, and, you know, I like playing tennis, so I go try to play tennis at the tennis center, see if I can meet people, just keep them moving like that.
0: How are you with tennis? Like would you say you're a three, you're a four, four point five? I would
1: say I would say I'm I'm like a six point five to a seven.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. On on not like a uh this is like on a scale of just regular people, not like on a professional athletic scale, right? Um but I would say seven. But as the as of late, maybe like a five, just because I don't really have someone else to play with where I'm able to like pick up on those skills of, you know, one on one. Yeah. So, really, I just go and have to play with, like, the, the wall, the rocket wall, and just hit it back and forth by myself. Yeah. A little lonely, but still fun.
0: Yeah, he was like, I'm
1: lonely. I'm so lonely. <laughs> yeah, man, I feel that sometimes. I'm not going to lie. But it helps. I have some family here. I mean, some cousins. But they're all married. You know, I have kids that are, like, eight, nine in elementary, middle school. So, obviously, they're pretty busy with their lives. It's not like I'm, I'm meeting up with them often. But still, again, it's still good to have people that I could reach out to at an arm's distance. Gotcha.
0: Um, when you look at your your current job, what mm-hmm. what do you think you have taken from previous jobs that you think is valuable here? Like what skills did you use in your first job that you used in your second? And what skills from the first two are also helpful in the third?
1: Um, so something I took specifically from my first job um, was my soft skills, right? Being able to communicate, being able to get up during the stand-up meeting and, and kind of speak, uh, being able to. And my first job was very very hands-on, right? Like I wasn't just a developer; I was kind of doing the BA role as well, where I was gathering the requirements from the client, um, you know, preparing A and D documents, which is pretty much like okay, this it's a document that pretty much displays like this is what my program is doing, this is what it can do for you. Um, and this is kind of just how to manipulate your way through the program. Um, so because it was a small company, I got to like touch up on all these different things rather than just going and being like, I got to develop, which honestly helped me a lot moving forward because I was able to present myself with these skills saying, Hey, not only am I a developer, but I'm able to come in and speak to clients. I'm able to communicate with clients, uh, be able to gather requirements, I'm able to prepare documents for the client after I, I, you know, I um, I develop the product. Yeah. So, um, and then and then for the second, my second two jobs, I would say those were a lot more technical. So it was really just hard skill of like coding. Um, again, I it is a little different though. I did move to Java, so now I'm a Java developer rather than a Power BI tool developer. Um. But I, again, like I said, man, it's very, very important to know what skill you're strong at because that's what you're selling, right? And then another big, big thing is the soft skill um, of being able to talk. Yeah. So as long as you got those two down, I think like you could continue to excel forward and just develop, right? Like Obviously, your skills are just going to be built better and better with the years that you go um, and that you gain experience. The good thing about me was because I was jumping – through a lot of different companies um, in my first two to three years, I got to get different like domain experience, right? So yes, you're a developer, you're a Java developer, but you're not just in like the the tech field or or the, the health industry, right? Like I got to work on the health industry, tech industry, and you were mentioning earlier fintech, right? So that's what I did with Power BI. That was a fintech tool. So um, yeah, I, I got lost a little there, but. I hope that
0: answers your question. No, no, it absolutely answers my question. And, um, you know, I I actually was curious if you've heard of the fintech company uh, Fursa Capital. They're actually at the Epic Suites. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I have not, no.
0: They are. They're actually looking for developers, so you might want to... Really? You might what are want... they
1: called? Let me, let me look into that, man. I'll be there for Zohar today.
0: Yeah, yeah, Fursa. F-U-R-S-A. Zoharov.
1: And they're at the suites that are like... Right, right across, across the, the parking, parking lot. lot,
0: right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I went there. So the CEO has two companies. One is Mecca Digital, which okay. is a Muslim version of LinkedIn, really. And the other one is Fursa. Fursa has actually been making a lot of traction recently. And uh, the CEO is part of some of the think tanks that I'm in. So we have these think tanks, which is basically a group of like executives. And sometimes people come to us with like a situation or for help. But, you mm-hmm. know, they're like, I have an established business, I need to grow it. Uh, what will it take? Like, what are the next steps? And yeah. we do it pro bono. So the CEO is actually, I know his, I know him personally, his name's Osman. And yeah, he's running for a son. He he, he actually mentioned recently he was looking for, uh, he's looking for a co-founder. He's looking for a design person. He's looking for like a business development person. and He's looking for a developer. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, who knows? There could be something there. Yeah,
1: inshallah, inshallah.
0: So what is your current job title? And... If you had to explain to, like, a a layman or a non-tech person, like, what you do in, like, a minute or two or less, you Mm -hmm. know, what does that look like? Like, what's your elevator pitch, so to speak?
1: Okay, so real quick, uh, I'm a full-stack developer, uh, and for those of you who are unaware of what a full-stack is, so there's a front-end and back-end. Front-end is pretty much what you as a user view. Right. So the apps that you look at on your phone, that's the front end, what the apps look like, what the design is. When you click it, the functionality that takes place at that click, that's done on the back end side of things. Um, So a full stack developer pretty much means you're doing both front end and back end work. Right. So you're you're designing it as well as implementing the functionality. Um, So what I do specifically um, with my role is... um, so we, we do it for the hr right so hr has to kind of like sometimes when they when they input um data for either a new uh, a, a new employee or an existing they go through they use like um they use our hr system like right? the adp hr system so i pretty much designed the front end of that so what it looks like for when companies come in and they're playing around you know their hr is playing around with whatever they got to play around with other new or, or or existing employees yeah. um as well as on the back end eh? right so like whenever they click next whenever they click submit like i'm making sure that whatever needs to be done is being done right like when they click next they're moving on to the next page when they click submit it's being submitted and uploaded to wherever it needs to go um so yeah quick pitch that's that's kind of what i do in layman terms
0: gotcha gotcha now that that's definitely interesting um do you manage any people in your current role like uh it's a valid question. Like, do you have an mm-hmm. in- intern that gets assigned to you that shadows you or you have to mentor anything
1: like that or any junior yeah. developers? So really, really funny, actually, right? Because I am a developer. I'm still pretty new in this company. Um, I would say less than a year still. Um, but there's someone who actually works there. Um, and I don't. she's not technical. She's, I think, um, like a scrum master or something. I'm not really too sure what her role is. But she's been there for 10 years. And it's, it's crazy to me because she actually works with me but under me, right? So it's like mm-hmm. I'm kind of letting her know what to do, how to do things, how to, like, you know, navigate through the application and whatnot. Um, but other than her, I, I don't really manage anyone else. Um, I don't think I'm at the level where I'm ready to do that. At least I don't feel that within myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel maybe once I build my skill a little more to an advanced level, I'll feel the confidence to be able to, like, Someone comes to me with a question. I'll be like, "Okay, hey, this is what you need to do," um, rather than just kind of get stuck and be like, "Ah, oh, man, like, I am management, but I'm unable to direct." You. At least from a technical standpoint.
0: Yeah, I I feel that way sometimes as a CIO. I've been C-level for a couple of years. The mm-hmm. the buck stops here. So like people below me can ask me for help, but whenever I'm struggling, I'm just like, "Yo, who do I go to?" Mm-hmm. You know, like you okay. you are the guy, right? So, um. So it's interesting. It's interesting you have the Scrum Master below. I've been a Scrum Master, by the way. There was a time I was a IT portfolio manager. I had to fill in as mm-hmm. a Scrum Master for a while. I did not enjoy it. And I hate to say yeah. it. Um, I'm getting married. My fiance was actually, she's in special ed, but she's looking to transition into tech or business. Mm-hmm. And she she saw this role Scrum Master. She asked me what they do. And I was like, look, Michelle, I've done it. I did it for weeks. And I, managed, I did it very well. I said, I could not tell you. The, the value of a scrum master after I did it, I could not tell you honestly what they do. Like if our scrum master was out, I was like, I think the team kind of runs itself. I not to diminish the field. I mean, I'm not insulting all scrum masters out there. I know they're very religious about their role, mm-hmm. but um, I don't know. The, basically business has existed for yeah, you know, centuries. IT has existed for decades. Yeah. This is a new role, but I feel like we've existed for so long and still accomplished a lot yeah. and delivered a lot. It's, when you introduce this new role with someone who's scheduling meetings and stuff and that's what I look at it, it's like there's a lot of scheduling involved. I'm like, I don't know what you do exactly.
1: Yeah. So for you yeah. By the way, uh, I wanted to ask you something now that you mentioned with the, that you actually worked as a scrum master for a little bit. Um so so I hear that like you know it sounds like you're you're moving throughout a ton of different companies, jobs, roles, um, even with what you have going on uh, with your own company, you probably indulge with a bunch of different companies. So how do you kind of maneuver with the jobs, with with uh, actually, what, where do you apply, what resources do you use to apply the jobs? Um, and yeah, kind of like how, just walking you through that, like how do you, what are you using to get these jobs? Where are you, where are you applying?
0: Yeah, 100%. So, I mean, I use the same resources as everyone else, like LinkedIn, Indeed, etc. Uh, and, yeah, I have my own consulting company, Chaudhary Enterprise Solutions. So, a lot of the jobs I had, quote-unquote, are actually contracts that are through my company. But, like, I'm an embedded employee or I'm an embedded contractor where, like, I use their resources. Like, I'll come in and the people below me, the directors or managers, they report to me even though I'm an outsider. Um, but, yeah, I'm still, like, inside, you know, managing and stuff. So there's also a lot of networking. just uh, networking. Mm-hmm. So, so, for example, uh, going to Google DevFest, uh, ServiceNow, CreatorCon, um, Microsoft, what is it, Microsoft Reignite, or, okay. or Microsoft Ignite, Amazon Reinvent. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, shamelessly networking, plugging yourself, uh, mm-hmm. and using your classmates, man. I mean, the people who I was classmates with, you know, 10 plus years ago, um, you know, e- even your high school like classmates, keep an eye on them. I met mm-hmm. a guy from uh, from freaking – there's a guy from high school who's, like, a big lawyer for cyber policy at a company. You know, I was able to leverage him. So just keeping in yes, touch and, and grow, growing your brand. Let me tell you, like, it helps with getting contracts when um, people – for you know, I have a website. It's on WordPress. It's not that impressive, but it's still there. Uh, it helps to have a website, even a personal one. You can make a personal website on WordPress. I encourage you to do so. Having mm-hmm. a personal website helps. Uh, I have a business card. Um, I have a heavy LinkedIn. I'm always posting. I have a podcast. And if people Google my name, Mahometra, their CIO, dude, you have like 12 results. Yeah. Right? And, and yeah. it's growing. And that's the cool thing is like, that's what also helps me get these contacts is like sometimes companies come to me, they drop me a line in my email because they, they see the guy, they're like, oh, he's on YouTube. He's on yeah. Apple, Amazon, Google, Spotify, Anchor, all these different podcasts. Not just that, there are are websites I don't even upload to who have started indexing my stuff or Mm -hmm. I I don't know if they're stealing it, but like, yeah, there's other websites I've never even heard of that have my podcast on them. Yeah. So (laughs) that definitely helps. And, uh, you know, I was in government for a while. I was a W2 employee. I was a full-time employee. Mm -hmm. And when I left government after two years, I was the chief of applications for the VA. That's a huge job. That's an an awesome, like freaking management level role. And that definitely helped me after like now.
1: And and what skills did you bring to the table that helped you land that job?
0: Just my soft skills, my communication skills, skills because at the end of the day, um, you have to build these channels of communication, right? So for example, in teams, I don't just have a group chat for everyone to talk about everything. There is one chat for emergencies for stakeholders. There's one chat for emergencies for developers to tell me and skip all their other levels of management like If they know I'm the only one who can remove a blocker, we have a chat where a junior developer can skip six levels of management to get straight to the top because they know that this is critical and this literally needs to be addressed like now. So just that's important. Um, The ability to use SharePoint to create dashboards. I mean, I would take the initiative to have a dashboard to show, okay, what projects have burned through this much money? How many tickets have they gone through? How are we doing with timeline? Do we need more time? and just communicate with stakeholders. You got to tell these non-technical MBA folks um, what is going on under the roof because they don't know, right? They're the sponsors. The sponsors don't always know like what the technical stuff is. They just know that we need to migrate this, 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 or refactor that, that, that. They don't know why. You got to explain technical debt to them. You have to explain how it's going to impact business operations. So that's all it takes. And what's good is, I mean, I like where I am in my career. Like in the last couple of months, um the minnesota state lottery for example wanted me to be their cio chicago wow. state university they reached out to me i still have actually an offer letter somewhere um they were offering me i think like 135k wow. which was uh, a lot from minneapolis um yeah. chicago state university wanted me to be their cio right wow. uh i've interviewed for cio of united healthcare uh wow. for, for the tri-state so united healthcare by the way it's weird the United Healthcare Group, every state actually has its own like United Healthcare. It's kinda of like yeah. Blue Cross. So when I say CIO, I don't mean like the whole company. Yeah, I mean yeah. uh, the tri-state like one sector of it. One sector and not even the tri-state like New York City, New Jersey's like United Healthcare. They wanted me to be CIO for Optum, which is like mm. the, the pharmacy component or whatever yeah, yeah. of United Health. Like if you look at United Healthcare card, it says Optum RX or something. Yeah. Um but yeah, that's that's the great thing uh, I, I've, I've interviewed for. Uh, and this is like literally within the last month. I'm not going to say over my whole career, but like in the last few months, even I think six months ago, I interviewed for CIO of um, uh, Fulton County in Georgia. It was CIO wow. or deputy CIO. So that's that's the cool thing is that, you know, as you build your brand, um, you know, you still sometimes you have to apply to these companies and then sometimes they reach out to you and say, hey, I seen some of your work. I seen yeah. you worked in government. Um, you know, would you be interested? I even recently in, uh, interviewed for CIO or Director of IT, I think, for something called the uh, Abilene in Texas, it's some small city. Never heard of it. Um, but uh yeah, and and CIO for uh some some small community college in like southern Texas by like Houston. Mm. Uh, I think it was like Costa Costa I don't yeah. I don't even remember the name, but uh yeah, man, it's just soft skills. Um, you definitely have to be technical. I think there's a lot of CIOs who, we don't have any technical knowledge left. Like mm-hmm. there was a time I, I would, um, I've made mobile apps like in Xcode with like, a you know, Objective C or Android apps in and yeah. Java. I don't remember any of that. Like if you open up Android Studio or Xcode right now, I would not tell you the first step, bro. <laughs> um, but no, as you move up, the most important thing is the soft skills and, and it comes in, ha- in handy with vendors. Yeah. Um, being able to negotiate lower rates with vendors, being able to work with your different vendors to find a resource. Like if I lose a cl- if I lose a cloud architect, uh, hiring someone, waiting a few months, interviewing, bro, I don't have time for that. I need to go through all my vendors, come up with a JD, tell them what I need, and mm-hmm. knowing what you need, being that self-aware, like that's that's important, mm-hmm. especially with high-level resources. Yeah. So that's just. That. I hope that answers. You know, how I do what I do. If you have anything more, please ask, because this is helpful for the audience as well to learn.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I, and I just wanted to ask about the vendor stuff. So because <clears throat> I know with the vendors is, usually different levels of vendors, right? Like one vendor will recruit another vendor. Right. So are you just one like are you just a part of the chain of vendors just at the top right before it gets to whatever company?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, you know, what Roger Enterprise Solutions specializes, and it's me and a couple of other executives, we've partnered up. So one Mm -hmm. thing we specialize in is uh, uh, IT strategy. So coming into companies that have money, but they don't know how to grow their portfolio, we help with that. Uh, Mm -hmm. I also do temporary uh, interim CIO or fractional CIO engagement. So sometimes a company loses their CIO, it might be like maternity leave, they're just gone for a little while. Mm-hmm. I'll fill in, fill in I'll fill in that gap or some companies like some startups they need a fractional CIO so a fractional meaning they don't need a guy nine to five they just need a guy to come in Monday define the week for the engineers then come on Friday and see did we do the week or did we deviate if so what needs to be done over the weekend and that's it like they just have a little bit of money and they only need a little bit of guidance and then over time it'll grow into you know now they need someone full-time but yeah, yeah, I am one of the high-level vendors. I deal with staff augmentation, so if companies need staff, uh, I have a lot of vendors I partner with to get them staff. And I do management consulting and audits, so I look at companies and say, okay, uh, you have a department here that could be merged into this department. You have some people here who could be laid off, which sucks. I do, I do tell companies mm-hmm. I do layoffs. Or growing. Sometimes a startup has 50 people. They go like, Yo, Muhammad, we want to double. But does that mean we double HR and sales and development and this and that? And I go like, no, no, no. you want to triple your developers. You only need one more HR person. You only need one more marketing person. You need three yeah. more you know, people in customer support. Like that, that scalability, someone needs to come and tell them how to do it intelligently. It needs to be data-driven. Yeah. So I do everything. I help with enterprise yeah. architecture. So I'll tell them like, hey, um, you need to move to these, these solutions. You need to incorporate managed services. You need to uh, move things off-premise. You need to refactor some of these applications so they can be leaner. Faster loading times and less space means a better consumer experience, which means more money, more retention,
1: all that stuff. Wow. Wow. Um, And for you, again, yeah, there is soft skill, but with that comes like it's not just soft skill, right? Like for you to know, why you would need this many developers or why you you allocate time and money for this versus that resource right yeah like, it's always was that something it's okay was that something you felt like maybe you picked up um yeah along the your way previous roles yeah yeah like
0: when i was a developer on one project i got very good at estimating how, how long one project like enhancing an existing website or building something from scratch I knew in my mind, based on all the moving pieces, all the different user stories and features, how this website or application is going to behave, I learned how to do that. Then when I was doing a portfolio, I was like, okay, I know basically, again, the math, I've learned how to do it. Now I just have to multiply. And, yeah, you just use that experience as you go up.
1: And -hmm. you know what
0: sort of resource, like, for example, if we're working, if we're building a website and we're doing the front end, I know we're not having the back end guys right now. I tell mm-hmm. them, okay, for scheduling purposes, like we'll have them at, at the second half of the project. Like we'll have the, fr- the front end guys develop this part of it and then they can come at the end or we can do things concurrently. It, it, it depends on what makes sense because you always want to avoid too many cooks in the kitchen. And that's something you think about is like, you know, this project that involves 200 people,
1: Ooh. but,
0: you know, it doesn't mean all 200 at once. Like the security guys, if we're building an application, bro, why is security here? They're not yeah. even gonna, they have nothing to test. Same yep, goes for yep. QA, right? Why do we have QA guys, Q- guys?
1: Yeah, like We're they're pe- not even they're not even useful until the end.
0: Until the end, so why are they yeah. here at the beginning of the project? Like, what? so yeah. that's the thing that you kind of learn is like basically also, um, it's like kind of like a conductor. Like you have uh, you have this orchestra, but when everyone plays their instrument is key to to the yeah. whole experience, yeah. right? And that's something and, you learn.
1: And I think it's it's. You being in the position that you are, I think it's great that you have that technical background. Um, Cause I, I, see it right. Like my project manager, he doesn't know n- anything. I come to question. He's, he's basically a scrum master is what I see him as, and someone who just makes sure he's handling the stand up meeting and whatnot. Because I'll come to him with even like the slightest technical question or, or you know, mishap, and he'll just kind of be like, y'all. He'll just throw his hands up and be like, yeah, I have no idea. Like, oh, you just gotta that's- ask this guy or that guy
0: see i uh, i will say so i will say this he is kind of doing something correctly i don't think he's doing it correctly enough though so i am self-aware enough where if someone comes to me people think i'm the highest informatical authority honestly i mm-hmm. usually tell people bug the cto with that stuff you
1: he, he, he know no right? for sure for <laughs> sure but i feel like having a little bit of like a technical background you have to you right? have whether to. it helps you with answering questions or with, like you just said, you understand when a QA is needed yeah. versus when a front-end or back-end engineer is needed, right? Yeah. So you if need you to didn't know. really have technical background and understanding, you wouldn't really know like, I mean, I'm sure over time, but off-rip, it would, it would take some time for you to be like, okay, this is what a QA's job is. This is when they're needed, right? Yeah.
0: Like, I yeah, you're right. You definitely need the technical know-how. Like, I mm-hmm. I like that when someone comes to me and I don't even know the, the answer, I at least know the exact employee that I can mm-hmm. send them to. So if someone comes to me and says, hey, Muhammad, we're thinking about redoing our VOIP stuff, and, you know, we use something like Avaya, right? Who do we talk to? I'd be like, dude, you definitely <laughs> want to talk to, like, the infrastructure architect. yeah uh, He'll help you with all the AV stuff and setting up like the virtual phone lines. Yeah, you definitely have to be technical because I'll tell you something, I've had vendors come at me and spit nonsense and it's always nice to shut them down because you can tell like they're they're talking BS, yeah. right? Like they're Yeah, set-
1: <laughs> and um, I've had vendors reach out to me through LinkedIn, right, where I'll talk to them and you, you really get to know which vendors know technical things yeah. versus which have absolutely no idea, yeah. so.
0: Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. You can tell when they're full. And that's what I love. Like I'll have pre-sales guys in front of us. Like they're going like, yeah, we have the software that all the major sales, sales, sales thing. And I'm like, <laughs> well, you know, right now I'm the CIO for a paper company. Um, I don't know what, like the, the software you're selling, as you say, it's going to work. I'll automate this, this, and this, bro, we don't even do all the stuff you're mentioning. Yeah. So why are you telling me I need to buy it, buy it, buy it? That doesn't make sense. And you got to be technical. Like, I love when my DevOps people are talking about the CI, CD pipelines and automation, and we're going to use Ansible or Jenkins for QA stuff and this, yeah. this, and this, and penetration testing. We're going to incorporate it into the development lifecycle. And I can see my CEO or or, or CDO or, or CFO who I hate. I always hate the CFOs in every company I've had. I don't know why. <laughs> the, the I don't know. The finance guys are always like the most, like they're like the blast boss. Yeah. But I love watching everyone else's face and go like, CDs, CDs. I know CDs are, CDs are discs, right? And I'm, and I'm <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. yo, you can tell they have no idea what they're talking about. And I'm just like, yeah. yeah. So, you know, if QA is using Sonar cube, like, how you know, automated testing, what's that going to look like? Because my problem with automated testing is some softwares, if uh, if there's a bug, um, even if that bug is deliberate, uh, it won't allow that piece of software to progress uh, sure. Into production, um, and some people can't manually like, like release it, and mm-hmm. that's the problem. With some of these softwares, are so like focused, or sometimes they're very sensitive. Like they start flagging a lot of stuff that is just functionalities. I'm like, bro, mm-hmm. these these aren't bugs; these are features. Yeah. <laughs> man, and it's nice. By the way, it's, you're actually the first guest to actually ask ask me more about my workflow, cause I I yeah. share a lot of anecdotes, but I'm like, man, there's only so much. I don't know, bragging or talking about yourself, you can do. It's always more organic.
1: Mm-hmm. when Yeah, I mean, it. you know, we're, we're in the same industry. Um, So I think if, if if any time to talk about what you do, now would be the best time, right?
0: Yeah, man, I um, understand. And, you know, I'll tell you, I, I know you do consulting. You definitely want to incorporate and, you know, make a LinkedIn page for your company and, and get started now because that's one thing yeah. is like I've been consulting for 10 plus years and you see the dividends, I think, after like five plus years that's when you start you're going to these industry events and people take you seriously like when you have your own company
1: yeah
0: versus independent consulting like uh, it adds a lot of credibility it adds a lot of it yeah. looks legit
1: so i'm actually an independent consultant but through another excuse me through another company
0: w- so I'm not like contractor, independent, gotcha.
1: independent contractor. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha.
0: but you still you know what i'll tell you man you definitely want to incorporate now, start building your brand now, like, you yeah, know, make yeah. your Samir. I, I was thinking about
1: that. I was like, yo, I'm going to hit this guy up right as soon as we're done with this podcast and, you know, try to get some detail.
0: Yeah, 100%. Because I'll tell you, like, aging your LLC also helps. Like, the, mm-hmm. the older your LLC, the better. Because, for example, to all your enterprise solutions is actually not that old. It used to actually be another another, under a different name, someone else's name. And then I bought it and rebranded it. But, uh, you know, for, so for, for the last 10 years, like I've just been, you know, there was one company I consulted under. Then after five years, it was called another co- company. Then during COVID, it rebranded and then, you know, became to all the enterprise solutions. Um. But, uh, yeah, having a company that's like 10 years old, it adds so much value. I actually wish I kept the original name because when I reincorporated or like changed the name, what ended up happening was uh, now it says my company's only a few months old. And I'm like, oh, you lose that history. Mm. So I was like, I got to I got to just, I should have kept the name and done. Um. A DBA, like, doing business ads rather than reincorporated. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we'll get into the nitty-gritty stuff, man. There's so much yeah, to yeah. share with you, bro. So the, the key to yeah, success. I'm trying to be like
1: you one day, man. <laughs> Yo,
0: man, inshallah, bro. Be, be better than me and then give me a job, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: inshallah. <laughs> but, going. yeah, we'll definitely take this offline sometime later and discuss.
0: Yo, 100%, <laughs> man, 100%. So, yeah, ne- so the next question, man. Are there any regrets or mistakes you made in your career Um, And and for example, I I wrote a few notes like, for example, recommending someone who's like for a job and then the performance made you look bad or um, suggesting an initiative with no data to support it. And then it turned into like a bad idea, (laughs) something like that.
1: Um, Within my career? Within your career, yeah. Um. I don't think anything. Honestly, no, man. Because one, I, I would always, as a developer who's not in a management role, it was more so me taking orders and and whatnot. But I I know I've worked with uh, on projects where like i went through the entire thing and then boom, it was just like yeah, man, that was that was useless because we had no reason for this project to even be done. Um, but no, from to answer your question, from my end, I don't think I've ever taken an initiative where it went south. I wish it was. This was like an interview where I could come up with an answer for you, but to be honest, I don't. I don't think so. I've ever experienced that.
0: I um, I have. So a few things I'll be happening to my podcast are interesting. Is I'll be getting a co-host soon, inshallah. Okay. She's She's uh, she's just finishing up some professional engagements, but she said in a couple of months uh, she'll be available. And then I actually have uh, another sister as well who's planning to actually do my my sort of Q and A. Like she'll. Mm-hmm. she'll be in my seat answering me questions and when it comes cool. to mistakes man you're gonna see um uh, it's gonna be a whole memoir i'm gonna be like i got a bunch don't worry yeah, I, have no yeah. shame. I
1: mean you especially with the level that you're at right like more of a management level i'm sure you go through that a lot but like oh, i yeah. said me being in the position that i am where i get um information and i'm getting tasks from the manager i'm not really in a position where like i'm like oh this was a waste or things went south yeah. um yeah
0: Uh, do you have any um, any certifications like scrum master Microsoft architect anything like that
1: Um, I do yes so the first certification I got was in college Uh, I took a class Um, I'm forgetting what the class was but I remember they had us take a master the mainframe it was uh, a certification offered by IBM and it was like 10% of your grade. I took it because I'm like, obviously 10% of your grade is a huge chunk. Yeah. And number two, it was a paid certification from school. So, you know, why not just add, builds my resume. Whether this is a skill I'm gonna use or not, it's cool to show that, hey, I've completed this certificate. Um, and then when I graduated, I, that's when I really started to do, you know, take certificates a little more seriously. Um, so I have a certificate. My first job, I was, you know, Cognos developer. So I have a, two certs in um, Cognos, both offered by IBM because I was a partnered IBM employee. Any IBM certs were free. Um, so I got certs in Cognos developer as well as something they called um, rules. That's what their, their language within Cognos was called to do calculations. Um, so I have a certificate in rules as well and right now i'm actually uh i signed up for linkedin premium where they have like a bunch of certs you could do so i'm working on one right now for for uh sonar cube so i'm trying <laughs> to think you know like i'm right now i'm a developer i know it's only been three years since i graduated and i changed my roles three times right Went from a power bi developer to a pa to a full stack developer so uh I don't know. I don't really enjoy developing. Sometimes it gets really, really, really frustrating and, and, and stressful. And I don't know if this is something I want to see myself doing, you know, for the next 20, 30 years. So I'm just... Uh, no, don't right do now, it, bro. Become a CIO. Just
0: just, just move up the chain. Yeah, man. It. Once
1: we get to talking, that's 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 the next step for me. But uh, honestly, what my, my career plan was... Um, so I am, I am like I said, getting these different certs, trying to like just uh, step into different fields, kind of just see what I like. I'm trying QA out, see see what that's about. Um, but I think what I would want to do if things were like a perfect route was I would want to become a BA and then use that to become a project manager very, very, very soon. Like I wouldn't want to waste like four or five years as a BA. It would be like one to max two years and then try to get a, land a project manager role. <laughs>
0: Yeah, as a former project manager, I, I endorse that. Project management is, is pretty cool.
1: Mm-hmm. and
0: so is quite- I feel like,
1: yeah. And, and I feel like it's, me, given that I have that technical background um, and then for me to jump into a role like that, I think and where I wouldn't need to be so heavily hands-on with the technical stuff, I think it's one, a lot less stressful and two, like I'll, I would be a good fit for that position, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, like assuming that, everything else that comes with project management aside from like this little technical knowledge I'm, I'm able to cope with.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For the most part, honestly, like I, I hate this trend of technical product manager, technical mm-hmm. project manager. These aren't technical jobs, Matt You, yeah, you, know, you just not, gotta be good. With, you gotta be good with your scheduling. you got to be good with your, uh, risk register. You gotta be uh-huh. good with your communications and, and presentations. Uh, right. and you have to know the agile methodology. Like I think that's right. the thing of a scrum masters that, you know, you can have a project manager who doubles as a Scrum Master. You can have a project manager who uses the Agile methodology. That works. Um, I feel like Scrum Master is a job that by itself is kind of not wholly justified,
1: mm-hmm. except in
0: certain circumstances. But project manager it's awesome. I did it. I enjoyed it. I liked it because you you didn't, you know, you did know would build something, then you're done. You put something else, you're done. And it gives you a lot to talk about in future conversations that I've done this, 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 this. I build things from scratch. Or I enhance... You know, I enhance certain things, or honestly, even reverse engineer. Like I did projects where they'd be like, "Yeah, Mohammed, we tried to do this thing like five years ago, and we we're trying to basically repurpose those servers, but we want you to reverse engineer everything that was developed, whatever project you know we were creating something. We have no documentation. You got to create documentation for all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So in the future, you know, when we wipe all these servers, whatever, um, we can if we ever try to do something like this in the future, we have all the documentation
1: yeah and those are i love
0: those projects
1: (laughs) but with that role you wouldn't need to be technically hands-on right
0: no no not at all it's a conflict of interest almost if a project manager gets involved because the thing is you know you have to think about the big picture and when you get involved in the work like that distracts you a lot and if Mm -hmm. anything i think you're more objective if you're non-technical right um because you if, if you're technical really you're just gonna know like one if your employee mm-hmm. is struggling with something, then you're going to be feel Im- impulsive. You're going to be like, oh, I should help him out because I know it. I might know more than him. And mm-hmm. and like then when you help that one employee and not the others, that's where the conflict of interest comes in. Then the other employees are going to get upset that, hey, Samir got help from Mohammed and he did his stuff on time. We're late, but I mean our project manager is not helping us out. That's why we're late. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. So not being technical actually makes it easier to stay yeah. uninvolved and think about the big picture, which is scheduling, budgeting, okay. needs, stuff like
1: that. But even not being technical, I think, um, and again, you've actually been in the role, but I think knowing the SDLC, right, the software development life cycle. Oh, yeah, is, you got to know that. Super yeah. important, right? Like, that's yeah. a must for you to to be aware of. And that's what I mean by, like, the technical part. I'm not saying, like, hey, I know Java, so I'll be good in it. But I understand. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. You should like, know those like, And you mentioned, like, the agile methodology, right, or, like, waterfall, whatever you have, like, you're aware of the software development lifecycle from the beginning all the way to the end yeah. so if you have that like i feel like it's very very helpful for the role
0: oh 100% that definitely definitely helps and then you know product management is definitely something you should look into as well as program management mm-hmm. i enjoy being a program manager being the guy you know um, <laughs> running things putting the fear of god into my employees that's that's always fun <laughs> uh so you have industry certs and i mean that's that's definitely very helpful and it's good that you got them that like either the school paid well you paid for the the, the school to get them yeah. uh, and then your employer paid for them that's that's definitely helpful man i mean that's if people have tuition reimbursement i encourage them to take advantage of it if you you know if your employer will pay for certifications honestly even if it's not something you're going to use like i know some people at uh some of these finance companies they're like yeah they'll only pay for like lean six sigma or something because that's like sort of mm-hmm. we use that but they won't pay for anything technical get the lean six sigma certification man like learn how to save companies money and improve processes you know even if it's finance if you're i want to take notes you
1: said learn six sigma uh lean six sigma yeah lean six sigma. okay
0: yeah so like you know get, get get these get these finance or whatever oriented uh you know, certifications, or if they have certifications for freaking HR, you know, do that. Even if you're in IT, you never know when something like this is going to come in handy. Yeah.
1: Um.
0: Let me see. Wow, we've actually gone through, um, we've gone through a lot of this. Okay, so we're actually towards the tail end. Um, what words of motivation can you give to college kids right now who are graduating in a very tough market? What advice do you have for them?
1: Um, honestly, man, a lot of that we talked about from the beginning, right? Um, if you're in college, you know, take, take advantage of your time and the resources provided by your college, right? Um, again, it's not just about the education that the college is offering. Like there's so much more, right? Gold, like if your college has a large network, right? Definitely attend your job fairs. Um, Take advantage of your career resources. Um, You know, things like that help build your career, your resume, kind of just get like some soft skill going with practicing. Again, if your college has resources. Um, Oftentimes some college have uh, resources like Handshake, right, where it's like an internal um, way of students being able to reach out to these companies and apply to companies rather than, you know, just going on LinkedIn where everyone has access to. And yeah as far as the time like i said man like time is fleeting and i, I mean personally i didn't understand this until i graduated where i'm like dude like time is really really flying right and another thing i noticed is like if you get to 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 work on that while you're still in college right you, you build up on your time management moving forward like it's really really, really useful because Once you're done with college, right, it's like for the first time in your life, you no longer have a structured schedule, right? Like when you're in school from literally five, like pre-K, you know that, okay, from this time to this time, I go to school. I got to get homework done before the next day. Like I have Saturday, Sunday off. I have these days off. But once you graduate, it's not like that. It's like, okay, I work nine to five. But what about after five? Like that's just me time. And I could just either do nothing with it or make the best of it. So... Time management make you know make sure you're you're maximizing your your time and, and taking advantage of it, and resources in college man make sure you're you're hopping onto the resources and and that actually gives you a lot of good direction right like you might come to find out about LinkedIn, um you know you might have a resource where they're showing you how to build your LinkedIn so that you know like companies will look at it and be like oh it'll catch their eye, so yeah those two things advantages of college resources and
0: time, time management. Nice. Thank you. So with that said, inshallah, we'll, we'll wrap it up. And I want to thank you Samir for, for setting aside the time. Uh, It's good to have you on the podcast and uh, you know, after this, we'll definitely, definitely talk more and uh, there'll be some, some, uh, some, some bloopers and shenanigans happening. (laughs) But unfortunately this is where we're, we'll end the recording because Mm -hmm. uh, we, we, you know, I think, yeah, everything yeah. And, and honestly,
1: thank you for having me, man. I'm, I'm in my Joe Rogan phase right now. <laughs> I'm probably <laughs> going to get off and just start talking to myself in the shower, thinking, like, yo, I really made it. <laughs> no, it helps.
0: You know, I'll tell you, like, yeah. being on this podcast has credibility and you're yeah. helping other people. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of pushing myself that, you know, if anyone's watching, feel free to, to join us because uh, it'll also look good if people Google your name and they see you were interviewed by CIO. Yeah. They're going to be like, this guy must be important. That yeah yeah, yeah so and you yeah, got so the joe rogan look man. you got the the mic and the headphone i don't have yeah. that i'm just using my macbook
1: yeah honestly like i thought it looked real cool i was like man i will feel like i'm a real podcaster um that as well as my mic just wasn't working yeah so it worked out
0: but so, inshallah we'll end it here and i look forward to posting this hopefully by the end of the day
1: yeah inshallah let me know i'll definitely tune in to see which parts were cut off and what was <laughs> it
0: hi <laughs> brother inshallah As-salamu